And so the word of the Lord comes to us today. 1 Peter 5.8. Would you open your Bible? To those who are visiting today, be it your first time or you've, you've come back, it is so nice to have you. We get a little crazy here, I understand. It may not be how they do it down the road or, or in your home, hometown, I, I don't know, but my goal is to just get a hold of God, let God get a hold of me, to celebrate Him because He's done a lot of good things for me, and then to quiet ourselves and just listen to Him. God is going to speak to you today. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Father God, our hearts are so full. We have celebrated you in this room. We have watched you stretch forth your hand of healing. And now, God, we desire to be transformed by your word. So I pray, Lord, that as I speak, it would be your words. Let your anointing come on me. Let the ears of those who hear also be anointed. Change us today by your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on and say amen. amen. Is anybody else sick of the devil on the prowl? Yeah. Aren't you just tired of the devil? Always bugging you, always attacking you, always, always coming from the, the backside. Well, don't. Don't be uh, surprised because it's not going to stop. It's really what he does. He's seeking victims. And the Bible says he's like a lion. He seeks the weak. He seeks the vulnerable. He seeks out the unexpecting. And we'll all be there from time to time if we're not aware, sober, vigilant, on guard. That's why it's so important to have somebody else in your life because they may see a blind spot. Everybody's got a blind spot. And ha to have good godly men for men and good godly women for women to be in your life and to say, listen, sis, I really love you, and maybe you didn't even see this. That's why I want to help you. I hope you have somebody like that. I've got several men that help me. Because I get, I get driven, I get focused, and sometimes I don't see my blind spots. Well, we not, none of us see our blind spots. That's where the enemy is lurking, waiting, seeking to devour. It's right there. I thought it was interesting that the devil is compared to a lion. Lions are opportunist as hunters. And after a careful stalk, they will take the closest animal to them regardless of age, sex, or condition found out a few stats on lions I just want to share with you. If suitable prey is available, lions will eat every three to four days. But they can actually go without food for more than a week. So they can just wait 
for the exact right moment to pounce on the prey and kill. African lions hunt primarily by sight. Although visual cues will trigger the hunt, their sense of smell and hearing will assist in alerting them to the whereabouts of their prey. Most hunting takes place under the, under the poor light conditions of early evening or early morning. And also, they hunt at night. During the daylight, when prey animals themselves are better able to see, the lion is at a disadvantage, as its hunting technique depends on stalking within range of its prey. So in full daylight, of course, the prey are going to run away. Lions are extremely powerful. Did you know this? Don't minimize the devil's power. We say things and almost invite a fight. I don't want you to be afraid of the devil, but you better be ready to fight if you're going to call him out. Come on now. If you're not ready, you better get yourself ready. But the, the lions are very powerful. By using only a grip on its rump, a lion can grab and throw a fully grown zebra. A heavy blow to the head of an antelope by its forepaw is sufficient enough to stun the animal, then the lion goes in for the kill. The lion's most frequently used technique of killing is suffocating as it holds the muzzle or the throat of the animal. Usually the kill is clean and quick with little tearing or biting. He just comes in and gets the job done. Lions often drag their prey, sometimes over considerable distances, to a sheltered spot before eating it. Have you ever seen uh, maybe a, a National Geographic on a lion? W watch this. calf there minding his own business hadn't even been alive very long goes in for the kill right for the throat here's another young vulnerable not very strong yet just a baby here's the male version Listen, folks, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be graphic or overly graphic here, but I want you to know what the Bible says. It says that the, our enemy is like a lion seeking whom he may play tiddlywinks with. He's not trying to play with you. Like that lion's not trying to play with the little calf here, you know. The devil's trying to kill, trying to devour. And so he has arsenal. He has tools, tactics, devices. I want to resume with part two of the devil's devices. Lest Satan, 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, 
for we are not ignorant of his devices. This got my wheels turning, and, and I said to myself, I want to make sure that those who attend La Palma Christian Center are not ignorant, but fully aware of the devil's devices because he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to seek whom he might devour. We started with the first three of the devices. Number one, distraction. All of us are distract, distracted from time to time. We lose our focus. It's a device of the devil. Discouragement. Be on guard when you get discouraged. The enemy is at work. Number three was disillusionment or disappointment. When things don't turn out the way you thought, when you get disappointed with people, with situations, with life. We're going to look at three more today, and yes, you're right, they all start with D. Number four, write this down, it's discontentment. Wow. Discontentment, actually a very powerful, powerful tool of the enemy. Numbers 21, verses 5 and 6, And the people spoke against God, the people spoke against Mo Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and there's no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. You know what God did? The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. We touched on this last week, but I want to go a little deeper today. God heard the prayers and the cries of his people as they said, we're hungry. And so God did something miraculous that had never been done. He provided food for the people. He provided it every day, and there was such an abundance that they could gather all that they needed, really all that they wanted, and be satisfied and be filled. Manna was what it was called. And they could do a variety of things with this manna. And they could make a variety of, of, of foods with the manna. But they found out very quickly that it doesn't, it doesn't keep very good. It doesn't store very long. How many understand that some, some of the people tried to gather up more than they needed, really more than they wanted, and they thought they'd, they'd keep it for the next day? Do you know what happened to the manna that they tried to keep for the next day? It rotted. Didn't have a very long shelf life, did it? See, God knew fresh and easy before fresh and easy was fresh and easy. <laughs> I'm going to give you something, but you better eat it today. You've got to eat it today. And so they ate on this miraculous bread, this miraculous food. It was a source of protein and strength and nourishment and energy. But they got discontented. This was so important that the Apostle Paul re referenced this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 10. He says, don't complain as some of them also complained. They were destroyed by the destroyer. This is what he's talking about. This very, this very verse here in Numbers. The snakes came and bit them and they died. He says, now... Read on in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10. Now all these things happened to them as our example. And they were written 
for our admonishment, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Don't think that you have to experience some of the mistakes for yourself. We do not, in fact, have to experience the same mistakes as our parents, our grandparents, or our, our ancestors. The things that have happened in the Bible are written for our example so that we won't do those things. Amen? Half the world is unhappy because it can't have the things that are making the other half unhappy. <laughs> it's really true. You're blessed beyond measure, and yet we long for things we don't have. Be careful. Be very careful. You might actually get what you're longing for, and you may find it's not all that you may find that the baggage that came along with it was not worth having it. You know, they say the grass is always greener. Where? On the other side of what? On the other side of the fence. Well, do you know why the grass is greener on the other side of the fence? That's where their septic tank is. Just stay in your own yard and be thankful for what you have and what God has blessed you with. That's a good word for somebody today. You know, if Christians spend as much time praying as they do complaining, they would have nothing to complain about. If we're going to open our mouths, let's do it to God and let's bless God, first of all, and bring our cares to God. Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining without disputing. James 5, 8, and 9, you also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Come on, somebody, amen. amen. So do not grumble against one another. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Philippians 4, 11, not that I speak in regard to need. I love this, what the apostle Paul said. He knew what he was talking about, too. He said, I've learned in whatever state to be content. Godliness with contentment, 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, is great gain. God help us to be aware of this device of the devil, discontentment. Device number five, disassociation. Disconnect. This is critical here, folks. And we're, we're told in Hebrews 10, 25, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhort one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now's not the time to disassociate. Now's not the time to disconnect. Now's the time to stay faithful. Somebody say amen today. Come on. It's the time to stay connected. It's the time to stay faithful. Because the day is approaching. The devil loves when believers do not fellowship. He loves when we distance ourselves from one another. Do you believe that? It's like the lion looking for the little calf all by himself. That's what the devil loves. And he will pull all of his darts out 
and he will fire off all of his arsenal. He will use his devices. He'll use this one for sure. He'll get you disconnected. Let me tell you the path of disconnection, the path of disassociation. First of all, a person will step out of ministry. I'm telling you, as a pastor, uh, I know there's other pastors here, maybe you've seen this yourself, but there's just a progression of disassociation. They step out of ministry. And they'll say things like, well, I, need a, I just need a break. I, I'm a little bit burnt out. Um, well, the list goes on. And really, they're not bad excuses, but I always try, if somebody says they want to take a break from one ministry, I try to get them connected to another. Because if somebody stays disconnected too long, I'm fearful. You see, we'll always be connected somehow, some way. But I'm fearful that they'll connect with the wrong person or the wrong place. And so as a pastor, I, I'm always trying, well, I, you might want to take a break from the choir for a little bit, but boy, could you get involved in first impressions then maybe. So I try to just pass on that connection. And so we're, we, we don't lose anybody because that's the first step. They step out of ministry. The next step, at least what I've seen, they move physically to the back of the church. Now, if you're sitting in the back of the church, don't read into this. <laughs> Uncle Bill, I'm not talking to you. Or, worse yet, they'll move to the balcony. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This isn't to get you out of the balcony. I'm telling you what I have seen as a progression here at La Palma Christian Center. They're active, they're involved, then they step out of ministry, and then they're hiding behind one of these posts and hoping I'm not seeing them. Now, if you're sitting behind a post, don't read into that either. Then, the next step is sporadic attendance. They used to come every Sunday and every Wednesday, and uh, then they'd started coming every other Sunday and hardly ever on a Wednesday and um, then it was once a month every other month Easter and Christmas the next step is they just don't attend anymore and sadly that's actually not the last step in the disconnect and the disassociation the last step for many at least is they stopped following Christ. They got discouraged. Oh, maybe, maybe some of the other devices come into play here. They got distracted. They were disillusioned. They were disappointed. Mm -hmm. It happens, doesn't it? They were discontented. They want some more, something else. So all at once, they disconnect. 1 Corinthians 12 Listen to these verses, 18 through 21. Now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, how would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. And look at verse number 25. There should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Church, I'm going to plead with you at this point as your pastor. 
If you see someone disconnecting, I want you to bring it to my attention and to the board and to my other pastors. But more than that, I want you involved. Don't leave it to me to figure out that so-and-so's missing. If you know, and you should know because we have this uncanny uh, habit of sitting in the same place every week, which is wonderful. That pew fits you. <laughs> right? That's all right. So then, would you help me as part of your ministry to be aware of your surrounding three, four, five pews right there, your radius? If everybody would do this, folks, nobody's going to fall through the cracks. But if you're leaving it to me, sadly, I won't get all that. There are folks that aren't here today that should be here. They've disconnected. They're disassociated. And the devil is winning by one of his devices. How many will commit to me as your pastor and to God that you will do your best to help in this endeavor to reach out to the disconnected? Come on, somebody. Amen. I think we can make a difference then. I think that's enough of you that we can make a difference. Amen. Billy Graham said this. I love this quote. Churchgoers are like coals in a fire. When they cling together, they keep the flame aglow. But when they separate, they die out. How true. The German philosopher Schopenhauer compared the human race to a bunch of porcupines huddling together on a cold winter's night. He said the colder it gets outside, the more we huddle together for warmth. But the closer we get to one another, the more we hurt one another with our sharp quills. And in the lonely night of Earth's winter, eventually we begin to drift apart and wander out on our own and freeze to death in our loneliness. But Christ has given us an alternative, church. How about we forgive each other of the pokes that we receive? Because it's just real life. You got people around you, and they're going to poke you every now and then. But I believe the love of God in us is greater than any poke from somebody. Let's love one another. Let's reach out to one another. Let's forgive one another and comfort one another. This will allow us to stay together. This will allow us to stay warm. The sixth device that I want to bring to your attention, this is in no way an exhaustive list of Satan's devices. I'm just trying to make you aware of a few so that you are not ignorant to his plan. Number six is discord or division. The Apostle Paul pleaded with the church of Corinth in his first letter Chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Somebody say, same thing. Amen. You all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind. Come on, say, same mind now. And in the same judgment, say it, same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that obviously there are contentions among you. You don't have to be a part of a church very long to find 
the enemy at work. Using this, this powerful device called discord and division. There's no church that is exempt from it, including this great church. I think we have one of the most amazing churches in all of Southern California. I really do. I think it's what God does here is unbelievable. And I don't want to mess that up. But do you think the devil's going to just sit back and let happen what is happening without some bit of interruption, at least trying? He's going to try to separate us. You know that. He's going to try to bring some discord into this place. And if you've been at La Palma for any number of years, you've seen him do this. And sadly, sometimes he actually succeeds. Bringing division. And people who should still be here are not here because of discord and because of division. May it not be so in our future, La Palma. May we learn to fight against the devil's devices. Amen? There are four ways that the devil brings discord and division. Write them down. Number one, selfishness. Remember, you're born selfish. You'll live selfish and you'll die selfish. And so it is imperative that we pray that self dies and spirit lives. Die to yourself, pray for the spirit to live in you. Selfishness, number one, says do it my way or do it no way. Because my way is the best, of course. Number two, favoritism. Favoritism says our way is better than your way. The third, the third way the devil brings division into the church is narrow-mindedness. And narrow-mindedness says we've never done it that way. So no room allowed for change. It's always been this way, and that's how it's going to be. That brings division. The fourth way is lack of fellowship, which says you go your way and I'll go my way. Four ways the devil brings division. Number one, selfishness. Do it my way or no way. Favoritism, our way, is better than your way. Narrow-mindedness, we've never done it that way. And four, lack of fellowship. You go your way, I'll go my way. But I believe that God is trying to join us together, church, in harmony and in unity with the same mind, saying the same thing. Alan Redpath said the secret of every discord in Christian homes and communities and churches is that we seek our own way and our own glory. God help us. God help us. And A.W. Tozer, great theologian of yesteryear, said, it is too bad that anything so obvious should need to be said at this late date. But from all appearances, we Christians have forgotten the lesson so carefully taught by the Apostle Paul. God's servants are not to be competitors. We are to be co-workers. 
working in the vineyard, working in the field, working in the end days. Let me bring this back to our text one more time. Pastor Moses, I want you to come. Be sober. Be aware. Be vigilant. Be on your guard. The enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I wonder if it's one close to you that he's, he's about to pounce on. You don't know what the person has come through, do you? I'm going to end this service a little differently. I'm going to invite you all to stand. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but not everybody in the room looks like you. Some have hair, for instance. You know, I grew up in the Midwest and a lot of people looked like me, you know. But I came out here to Southern California, wow. I'm finding a lot of folks, they don't look like me. Some of them don't talk like me. Their skin is a different shade than mine. Different upbringing and background. I want you to find someone that doesn't look like you. They have a different shade of skin, different ethnicity, You'll have to move. You have to get out of where you are. I want you to find them, take them by the hand, and bring them to the front area of the church. Everybody participate. Come on, everybody participate. Take two or three people with you. Come on, come on, press on up to the front. Press all the way. Press all the way. We got a lot of folks here today. We're not going to give in to the devil's devices. We're not going to give way to the devil. Bring up that Ephesians scripture for me, Brandon. That last scripture, Ephesians. Can you get can you get me to that last scripture? Ephesians 4:27. Did you already shut down? Listen, listen. Ephesians 4.27 says, do not give place to the devil. Trying to, trying to separate us. Trying to divide us, distract us, discourage us, disappoint us. No. We've got to say no. No. In the name of Jesus. Take the hand. Come on, you, you let go of the hand. I want you to hold the hand. Take hold of somebody's hand. They're not like you. Look at that hair right there. Woo. Mm. I 
love it. Look around. Look around. That's awesome. That's so awesome. You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side by side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. Say, you're my brother, you're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together, you and I are going to work till he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. Begin to pray for that one on your left that one on your right, just come on and intercede for them right now. Pray for God's power and God's love to overwhelm them. You don't know what they've been going through. You don't know how the enemy has come in and tried to attack them. Come on and plead the blood of Jesus over their life and over their heart and over their home. Hallelujah. We will not give in to the devil. We will not give way to his practices or his tactics or his devices. Hallelujah. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Let them hear you pray over them. We are God's family, strong and mighty. We are the army of God working together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every man and woman in this room, every student in this room, God. Now come on and hold their hand up high. You're my brother, you're my sister. Say, you're my brother, you're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love. Sing it one more time. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're my brother. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. Take my hand. Together we will work until he comes. No foe, no devil. No foe that can defeat us. When we're walking side by side. thing and I'm going to let you go and we'll go have lunch. How about I buy lunch for everybody today? Ooh. I'm going to buy a burrito for everybody in this room. A burrito. Now we'll pass it around until it's gone, but I'm going to buy a burrito for everybody in the room. I just feel generous today. Hey, now look at somebody eyeball to eyeball and tell them, say, I love you. I love you. Come on, tell somebody I love you. I love you. 
Come on, tell somebody else that felt so good. Hug on somebody's neck and tell them and say, I love you. Come on, love on somebody. Chris, I love you, man. Come on, love on somebody. I love you. I love you. Hey. I love you, friend. I love you. bless everybody. Thanks for coming to God's house today. Amen. Amen. Boom.